God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, today and the next two days after that are going to be big for me because uh, the NCAA wrestling tournament is starting today, Thursday. And uh, it's going to go on Friday. Then the championships are going to be on ESPN on Saturday. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching the competition there. Uh, so I'm excited about that, and I'm going to be rooting on my Penn State Nittany Lions wrestlers. Uh, and for those of you out in Iowa, um, you're the favorites. So congratulations on that. All right, so um, I will tell you that uh, this is going to be an interesting show because what we're going to talk about is uh, how um, people are, how governments are moving people. I've been reading a lot about uh, basically this uh, critical race theory and and uh, all these different um, things that they're pushing to advance uh, a kind of um, political correctness uh, disguised as racism uh, in schools, in our military, uh, and how military uh, the military is involved with transgender. And the military is involved with a lot of different things. I was reading these headlines and it prompted me to think. And the problem was, it says, Congress should probe, this is over at the Federalists, it says, Congress should probe the military's investment in anti-white extremism. Huh. All right, so let's take a look at that real quick, right? So Congress should probe the military's investment in anti-white extremism. So Admiral Michael Gidley, Gilday has refused to pull anti-white books from the U.S. Navy reading list, reports Fox News, despite pressure from House Republicans. That's written by Joy Pullman over at The Federalist. So Gilday essentially told, those, these, told these elected officials whose oversee 
his service to take a hike, saying that adding the racially divisive works was the result of military leadership's attempts to identify and remove racial barriers. This is the way they're going to couch it. This is the way they're going to sell it. This is the front of the brochure. Adding that the racially divisive works was the result of military leadership's attempts to identify and remove racial barriers, improve inclusion efforts, create new opportunities for professional development, and eliminate obstacles to enter the Navy. He says, Where, while I do not endorse every viewpoint of the books on this reading list, I believe exposure to varied... So, in any case, the idea is... Black Lives Matter tries to say that they're advocating for black people, but really what they're advocating for is Marxism and socialism, and they're actually exploiting black people. So that's kind of interesting, right? I mean, you know, where liberals are saying that they support black communities and LBGTQ communities, then why is it the military is guilty of bringing in to the military trans and minorities. Huh. I mean, one of, the, one of the easiest ways to give up your life is to fight for your, you know, fight for a cause, fight for your country. You know, you get into a war, chances are you might get shot in the head. It happens. So the front lines... So the same party that's advancing a crisis in the Middle East, the same party that's basically calling Putin the devil right now, the same party that's now agitated Kim Jong-un and his nuclear arsenal, the same Democrat party that's reversed a lot of the successes of the Trump administration with executive orders and ruling by executive fiat, like an emperor, like a dictator, really, is allowing COVID to to come into our southern border, has escalated conflict in Syria that directly agitates Russia, then has the nerve to call Putin the devil. So Putin just in the last 24 hours pulled their ambassador from the United States. Talk about talk about messing things up. In the first 60 days, you couldn't do a worse job than Joe Biden. But Joe Biden's not even the one doing the job. I, I bet you if you were to quiz Joe Biden, he wouldn't even know, unless it was George Stephanopoulos, and then it's just, I'll help you answer the questions. We're going to listen to a couple of clips there, too. But the idea is this. Just like Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood is guilty of what? Killing black babies. That's what they're guilty of. They're guilty of a lot more. But Planned Parenthood, if you look at where they geographically put their put it, set up shop to to create to do abortions and to actually seek taxpayer dollars that come from the Christian right that oppose vehemently oppose abortions. Yet still, that tax dollar, that person pays taxes. Those tax dollars go to Planned Parenthood's coffers so that they can perpetuate the sins of abortion and then turn around and give money 
exclusively to liberals in Congress so that they could perpetuate the funding and basically fleece the Christian right conservative movement of their hard-earned money. That's how the Democrats have been winning for so long. The Democrats actually take money from both sides. They take money from all people. They give it to groups that only then return the investment to one group of people. Except for the fact that it's blowing up in their face or it's by design. It's blowing up in their face or by design. And the reason why I say that is it's just another way to move people. Immigration, for example, it's to to control populations and move people. What is Bill Gates about? He's all about vaccines now. He was all about educating the developing nations by putting a computer in front of every person's set of eyeballs in Africa and elsewhere. He did that through the 90s and in the first part of the millennial. He did it. And his dream was to put a computer on every single, in every household. And there was, remember the big browser wars? Where Netscape and Internet Explorer were going at it head to head? They were fighting tooth and nail. And Netscape was about to win their case, their antitrust case against Microsoft. They were about to win that case. And then Microsoft turned around and revamped their entire operating system and took the browser and incorporated it and embedded it into the registry of Windows and literally morphed Windows into a browser which actually had a negative impact on your data security because it allowed the world to intrude your operating system. And it was a bad move for security reasons. And it's the reason why Microsoft Windows got the uh, reputation for being a very insecure platform that was easily hacked and viruses can exploit and ransomware could happen and all kinds of things were happening. But it was the, it was his skirt around of the, the antitrust case to, to Mozilla and Netscape now Mozilla morphed into Firefox and Thunderbird for their email. Why am I talking about all this? Because Bill Gates had this idea that he wanted to impact every, every human life. And now here we are with vaccines. It's a natural migration. And natural migration, it's this kind of the same concept. It's built from the same mold to be the most powerful influencer in the world. And the browser war was all about that real estate. When you turn on your computer and you open up your browser, what's the first thing you see? If you open up Chrome, the first thing you see is Google. If you open up Edge or Internet Explorer, the first thing you see is Microsoft Network. It's to control that asset, to control that real estate, And it's to control your mind. It's a psyop. But in addition to that, it's about 
that the same mentality is about not only controlling your life, it's about impacting what it is that you do, but I can take it further and say that these same sick monsters want to control where you go and what you do and how you live your life almost as if you're sheep or cattle or you're a bull and they're the matador. That's how it works. And so the idea is, for example, let's think outside of the box for just one moment. Let's think outside of the box. So remember when we would see these caravans and we would see these long, huge lines of refugees leaving the conflicts of Syria thanks to ISIS, who the United States was financing. See, Obama and Hillary Clinton killed Gaddafi, right? They murdered Gaddafi in Libya. They overthrew Mubarak in Egypt. They installed a Muslim Brotherhood leader named Morsi in Egypt, who was then overthrown by al-Sisi, but it destabilized the southern border of Israel. What's the northern border of Israel? Syria. So destabilize that too. And hand over Iraq to ISIS. And Iran's happy about it because they hate Israel. So that was sort of the Middle East strategy. And believe me when I tell you folks, Syria's going nowhere. They got a Russia has a naval base there called Targus in Targus. It's uh, their biggest base outside of Russia. They're not going anywhere. They just signed a 50-year lease. They're solid. Nobody's taking Syria and, and crushing the Assad regime anytime soon. But they'll act like they're going to make the effort to do it. Why? Because every time they sell a missile or a bullet or a gun or a tank, it's worth it's a college education. Let's put it that way. It's your kid's college education. Every tank can pay for a year of college, at least. And they sell thousands of them. It's just a way to make money. But you recall back in the Obama days when he created the conflict. So George W. Bush, you know, had things kind of under control in Iraq. And then Obama comes in and starts withdrawing all the troops willy-nilly. And Bush had it right. He said, if you pull out too soon, it's going to destabilize. Well, they meant to destabilize. Next thing you know, they release al-Baghdadi, the head of ISIS, from a Camp Bukha, a detention center in southern Iraq. And they get, he gets released. And he goes to Raqqa, Syria, and he starts heading up ISIS. And then next thing you know, Benghazi goes down. What's that about? Well, that is, there's a ship there, and there's a school full a school building full of ammo, ammo and weapons that they stole from Libya because they murdered the Libyan leader Gaddafi, and they just took all the booty, put it and stored it, guarded it, and shipped it to ISIS until Benghazi went south, and then we spent billions of dollars training the Iraqi soldiers so that we could arm them to the teeth and then they can actually fold under pressure within one day in a battle with ISIS. They didn't even know how to fight, really. 
they were great at beheading. They were great, great at rampaging through defenseless towns, but they couldn't fight a fight. They were nothing to the Trump administration. Trump got rid of ISIS in a matter of three months, 90 days. It wasn't That wasn't what it was about. What it was about was to rape and pillage Syria. Now what happens is, too, is you saw those caravans of people leaving the Middle East. They were leaving the Middle East, and where did they go? They went to Europe because they, they, they were connected with Europe by land. And they can go straight up into Europe through Turkey or elsewhere, and they can go right into Europe. And what they did, people were saying, that's a, that's a Trojan horse. That is a, uh, an invasion of Europe. They're going to take over Europe. Nope. What it was, was they were being herded by, like sheep. Just like a matador moves a bull, or a sheep herder moves sheep, or a rancher moves heads of cattle. They basically turn them into heads of cattle. Each head gets an ID. Each ID gets a ballot, a re- or voter registration. Each voter registration gets a ballot. And you got yourself a nice case of ballot harvesting and fraud, election fraud. And they get to work for you for pennies on the dollar because they're driving the price of wages down because of the demand for employment drives the prices of wages down. It's all supply and demand. It's pretty basic economics, really, when you think about it. And so next thing you know, everybody's working for a pittance. They no longer have to outsource to China, perhaps, and they can do their own manufacturing in-house with their own cheap labor. They can become their own China. What's China's advantage? China's advantage is they got 1.4 billion people. They work for nothing. They have 12-year-olds working for dollars, a couple of bucks a day, working 18-hour days, making your Foxconn motherboards that go into the uh, Apple phones, all that stuff, all the old tchotchkes that you buy at these gift shops, everything. They manufacture the world. But what if I were to say also that the military... In this article, what we're reading and what we're studying here, Congress should probe the military's investment in anti-white extremism. Is it woke or is it genocide? Ah, that's a good question, Scott, right? So basically, is it woke or is it genocide? You didn't think about it like that. Just like you didn't think that maybe um, those refugees were herded into Europe, not fleeing a battlefield from the Middle East into Europe, not, 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 not for any other reason, but maybe it was planned and manipulated. Maybe if we create a conflict in the Middle East and destabilize the Middle East and make it a land of turmoil, people will leave. So all the fighting age, and we were looking at the caravans, right? Remember? And we'd say, they're all fighting age males. Where's the women? Where's the grandmother? Where's the... Well, naturally, the fighting age male is the guy that goes out looking for work. He's not going to make that whole trek with his whole family, with his kids and his grandmother. They might not be able to make it. 
might be too taxing on their health. So they go in. So what does that what does that leave in the Middle East? That leaves about like zero fighting age male men to defend the land. See, once you actually move all the sheep from one corral to the other, that one corral is pretty pretty much defenseless. The other corral is fortified with a bunch of sheep. And we could just make them and put them to work. Put them to work and that's it. So the point is, is that these government policies and these globalist policies, whether it be their interests in Africa with vaccines and with uh, mining for precious gold, you know, there's a lot of minerals, for example, that they get in the Middle East that are the same as the kind of minerals that are deple- being depleted that, that, we're in sh- that we're in short supply of. Like China has a lot of these natural minerals that are being used to make Boeing jets. They make a lot of these materials out of these um, minerals in the ground. And uh, Europe would love to go in. They did it after the Ottoman Empire collapsed, right? Sykes and Pico invaded Europe. And next thing you know, after World War I, and they divided up things based on oil and natural gas and resources. World War II was started, for crying out loud, because Japan was an enterprising country. And World War II was started, and they needed more land. They had a lot of people. They had a lot of industry, but they didn't have enough land. So they wanted to be the empire of the Asian Peninsula and start to get the minerals from, say, China. But then what happened was, so they bombed Pearl Harbor because they they figured we were going to be mired down in conflict with Germany and that we were probably not even going to win that. But we would be mired down in that for maybe a decade. So why not hit our Pacific fleet? We wouldn't have the wherewithal to engage in two wars on two different fronts, east and west. Would we? But we did. That was the great generation. And they went after, and we went after uh, Japan, and we won that conflict, and we went after Germany, and we won that conflict. And we lost a lot of men in both conflicts. In Vietnam, we lost a lot of people too. In North, in, in, in Korea, in the Korean War, we lost a lot. Naturally, the military understands that war there's a lot of death. You lose a lot of people in war. Could be that maybe that's why they want to bring in transgender and minorities. Maybe they don't like minorities. Maybe they say they like them, but maybe they don't like them. Just like Planned Parenthood kills more black babies than they do any other race. But yet they're supported by black people. They're liberal and most black people in America are liberal. I'll never figure that one out. I'll never figure it out because, you know, it was the Democrats that were running the racial South. When the South became ruby red, it also became a free state. Mississippi and Alabama and, and uh, Louisiana and all those states down South became Arkansas and states like that became very red, and they also became very uh, 
oriented towards civil rights. It was only before that, like with Alabama Governor George Wallace, a Democrat, that stood in front of the door and blocked the two black girls from integrating into the schools in Birmingham, Alabama. So I don't know how they pull off these lies and get people to believe what's what's absolutely that, that up is down and left is right. I don't know how the liberals are able to do that, but they are doing it. So we've talked about a lot of different things here. We talk about these policies and uh, whether it's COVID for population control or vaccines for population control or refugees for migrating and moving people from one area of the world to another area of the world, which means that the area world, the world where the fighting age males left is defenseless. So then the civilized world, if you want to call them that, which I probably am doing with, with the facetiousness, goes in and takes up the land and takes the minerals out and puts condos in. You know, whatever they want to do. But rich investors are part of that process. The same thing is true with the open borders on the southern border. And not only that, but as a twofer, you can actually, you know, sort of like a French chef, they use all the meat, right? They use the stock, they use the barley, they they make broth out of the, the bones. You know, the, the French are known to be like really great chefs because they use everything. Well, I think that at first they were thinking about it from the big picture. But now they're saying, hey, you know what? There's a byproduct of that. We can make hot dogs with the scraps. Or we can actually take these peasants that we're importing in from all over the world so we could actually free up the developing world and make them defenseless so we can go in and take their minerals. And they come through the southern border and next thing you know, hey, well, what do we do with them when they get here? We'll get, turn them into voters and workers. They could work for nothing and uh, they could also vote. Through ballot harvesting, we can give them an ID. Yeah, we got to give them an ID. Yeah, we got got to turn that ID into a registration. Take the registration and turn it into a ballot. Now what we got is a ballot that we can do anything we want with, especially with these new fancy computer machines with algorithms all over the place. Kind of interesting, right? So this story inspired that thought, and uh, I said, you know, Congress should probe the military's investment in, in, into anti-white extremism. Seems like everything, like the biggest pedophiles on earth are the ones that want to help kids get a second chance. Remember Sandusky up in Penn State? He had this uh, group called Second Chance or something like that. In any case, yeah, he, he was recruiting kids. Some of the ped some of the pedophiles, they they start these um, child care centers, and nurse you know are not nursing homes, child care centers. They were doing that stuff out of Haiti. Uh, we need to help the children. You know, we got Jen Saki over here talking about uh, any ten year old, any anyone that's ten years old, will be able to come through the uh, border. Let's see if we can get that sound on that. Jen Saki. So I think it's this one here. So let's take a listen. All right. We're going to 
We're going to play Jen Psaki. She's asked the question about who could come through the border, right? Is there a limit or a cap to the number of unaccompanied minors that are going to be allowed into the Is there a limit or a cap to the unaccompanied minors that are going to be coming through? Unaccompanied minors. Think about that for a second. Just get your head around that. Unaccompanied minor. What are they doing making the trek to our southern border? How do they even know that America is the land of promise? How does a kid, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, know geopolitics? How in the world does a kid even understand anything outside of their four square yard? I mean, they're in their house, they're playing ball outside. What more do they need? A 10-year-old. Food, right? They need to plant a garden. But no, no, no. There's something else going on here. U.S. A limit or a cap? Should, so should we send some kids who are 10 back at a certain point? Is that what you're asking me? I'm, I'm not setting the policy here. I'm just asking you what the Biden administration's policy is. Our policy continues to be we're not going to send a 10-year-old back across the border. That was the policy of the last administration. That's not our policy here. The smugness with which Saki answered that question really speaks volumes about how they're framing this. They're simply suggesting that any questions about the policy are somehow untoward because there are children involved. But the real issue is here, actually a couple of them. Number one, we're talking about thousands of adults as well. Let's be honest. We're also talking about little girls being brought into a sex trade. We're talking about little boys and girls being used as drug uh, carriers. We're talking about a lot of things that they're not talking about. About that. And number two, for the many that do come into the country, many without family DNA match, many without COVID testing, they are competing for low wage jobs impacting existing American citizens who are already competing for jobs in that space. As but wherever they're leaving, it's going to have a negative impact also because they would grow up in 10 years, they would be an adult. They would be paying taxes in their own country, working, uh, and defending their land. But their land, their, their, their um, demographic is going to be directly impacted by this. Are they even paying attention to what kind of um, gender is coming over? What we have is liberals saying one thing and doing exactly the opposite. We have liberals saying that they care about minorities, yet they kill them with Planned Parenthood, or they kill them with vaccines, or they migrate them uh, from, away from their home by ruining their home, like they did in Syria. Uh, or uh, they um, create uh, basically carrots and bait and traps to manipulate they're doing that with our entire population right now. Well, we'll give you $1,400 a month if you stay at home and wear your mask. If you, We'll give you a vaccine free of charge that controls maybe your DNA. Who knows? Um, and so there's a, you know, a lot of that kind of thing. And, they, it's a, uh, and I do see a caller. I'll pick that up in a second. But um, in any case, it's a lot of these different things, right? all built up into one. And it's all about control. It's all about manipulation. And naturally, the Biden administration is imposing a media blackout at the southern border now. 
We just heard Jen, Jen Psaki. Uh, we may have missed that clip, but she was so glib and smug about, um, you know, 10-year-olds coming across the border. We'll take any 10-year-old. Think about the idea of a 10-year-old. Think about that, a 10-year-old. What is a 10-year-old doing think about ge- geopolitics? You know, what is a 10-year-old unaccompanied minor doing along the southern border with rattlesnakes and scorpions? By the way, that's what us East Coasters think about your southern border out west. <laughs> you know, we've seen too many movies where the Scorpio is in your shoe when you put it on. Uh, or a rattlesnake is around the corner. Anyway, I digress. But the idea is that we started this show off with talking about this military Congress should probe the military's investment in anti-white extremism. Could it be genocide? Could they be actually recruiting transvestites by offering them free sex changes and bringing in um, pregnant women are allowed to fight on the battle lines, it seems like. I think there was an article like that. And, um, and bringing in a lot of minorities with their anti-white position. So the idea would be Maybe they actually prefer whites over blacks or, or Hispanics. Maybe the military is racist. I can make the argument for it. Maybe they're actually anti-LBGT. Why? Because they're baiting them in. They're offering them a carrot. Free sex change. But you can come in and now you can get, now we're going to start a war in Syria and elsewhere in the Middle East or with North Korea or with China. And guess who's going to be the first one to die? The first one on the battlefield. The first one on the battlefield, hmm, let me do the math, going to be the transvestite uh, suiting up with a, with a rifle. Got the sex change, but I also got a bullet in my head. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Bill Gates is all about gen- is all about population control in Africa, and he's, that's where he was so concerned, and maybe that's where all of our USAID is going and all our, our vaccines are going. Maybe it's because the Democrats are in charge of those policies and they've always been a racist organization. I'm saying maybe. I, I, I'm, say, I'm not saying I know, but I'm saying I'm giving you some food for thought here. This thought is that, you know, where Planned Parenthood says that they're trying to help the black community, they might be hurting them by putting Planned Parenthood abortion clinics in every black community. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, moving moving um, the, uh, you know, the fighting age males out of the Middle East and into Europe, like herds of sheep or, or heads of cattle, or like a bull and a matador. Maybe all those things are designed to actually free up the lands that have the untapped minerals and resources like oil and different uh, precious metals that are used to make Boeing air jets. So maybe that's the case. Maybe, you know, just think about it. We can't let them just have carte blanche and be so cavalier about whatever it is that they want to do with every whim. And we will take Jeannie, the uh, caller, calling in. Jeannie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Hi, 
and we don't have sound. Okay, so um, this probably happened because we lost our connection. Uh, so I, we can't hear you. All right. Sorry about that, folks. But uh, our our phone line's probably not going to be working, um, which is okay, I guess. All right. So America last. Ford announces plans to move plant to Mexico two, two months after Biden enters office. Huh. It sounds like America last to me. I want you to hear this. Um, what and uh, in, in in line with what I was saying about um, Biden talking about Mother Russia, right, and basically uh, trying to uh, stoke the flames of of another Cold War with Russia. Listen, alone with him in his office. That's how it came about. It was when President Bush had said, "I've looked in his eyes and saw a soul." I said, "Look in your eyes." And I don't think you have a soul. And look back at me and say, we understand each other. Look, most important thing dealing with foreign leaders, in my experience, and I've dealt with an awful lot of them over my career, is just know the other guy. So you know Vladimir Putin. You think he's a killer? Mm-hmm. I do. So what price must he pay? The price he's going to pay, well, you'll see shortly. I'm not going to, there's, by the way, we ought to be able that old, that trite expression, walk and chew gum at the same time. There are places where it's in our mutual interest to, to uh, work together. That's why I renewed the START agreement with him. That, that occurred while he's doing this. That, but that's overwhelming in the interest of humanity that we diminish the prospect of a nuclear exchange. He's such a linear thinker, Biden. He is not a chess player. He's a... Uh... He's a very weak-minded man. Uh, Joe Biden is very linear, and someone like Vladimir Putin will eat him, eat his lunch. And he's having his lunch eaten already. Xi Jinping is eating eating Biden's lunch. There's no doubt about it. I uh, tweeted about this yesterday, and um, it's it's a crying shame. I mean, it just basically it's hard to it's hard to even take. Um, but, uh, they are having it their way every step of the way, every step of the way. And, um, in any case, there is good news on the American front, aside from Ford selling out American jobs for Mexico. You know, that didn't happen under the Trump administration because, uh, he made sure it didn't happen. But now, it's a new day. Nobody respects Joe Biden because everybody knows he didn't win. He couldn't fill three circles, let alone a stadium. So, in any case, but here's good news. Governor DeSantis announces Florida's curriculum will expressly exclude critical race theory. Critical race theory is to try to make victims out of all minorities and to uh, blame America first, blame America first for the sins of their past, and to talk, to discuss the idea of uh, uh, reparations. When everybody knows that these these monies, these stimuluses, don't work nearly as well as government just staying out of our way and allowing us to do our job. All all Americans want to do is do their job you know and put make their make their own money give as little up as possible 
in taxes and just live free or die. And at this point, we're not free, obviously. There's nothing free about it. So live free or die gives you two options. I'm not dying without a fight, though. I mean, that's just it. Think about it. Live free or die. Do you want to do you want to live in a cage? Do you want to live with a mask? Do you want to live under the thumb of big government? No, I certainly don't. So the point is we either live free or die. And before we die, we fight. And this is a real fight. This is like something I'm, you know, I've lived a good long life here. And uh, what I'm saying is I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen the United States like this. I've never seen a young population so disrespectful. I've never seen a young population so out of control. I've never seen them so, you know, I mean, even the hippies of the 60s, you know, basically had a little respect for certain things. And, you know, the whole idea of tearing statues down and things like that. So one of the things it says here about this is Governor Sandra DeSantis is probably going to run for president. And I think he's going to have a good time of it because just like MAGAPAC and BugleCall.org, uh, are are pretty much launched now, and we got our 1023 filed. Um, the idea is that we want candidates like DeSantis that stand up against critical race theory. And in addition, there's a call to support DeSantis and other red states that are leading the way with COVID restrictions and that all states need to actually weigh in. All states need to support and do the same thing because there's power in numbers. It says here, 75% of voters support voter ID laws, something Democrats are determined to eliminate in H.R. 1. 75% then voted for Trump. And I believe that was probably the number. And if you get somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 150, uh, million people. Let's see. Let me bring out my old trusty calculator. And we say, okay, 150 plus, um, yeah, well, let's see. So we'll say 81 plus 75 equals 156, 156 uh, times uh, 0.75 equals 117 million. I like them apples. 117 million people voted for voter ID, something that Trump supported and Biden is trashing within his first six days. Think about it. And somehow... He's the guy that got 81 million votes. That is empirical data right there, folks. That's real theory right there. So Russia recalls ambassador, as we were talking about 
with the, the interview we just heard with um, basically Biden calling him a killer with no soul. Russia recalls the ambassador after Joe Biden threatens Vladimir Putin and calls him a killer with no soul. And you just heard the clip. That's uh, not diplomacy, folks. Now, according to this, uh, also this 21 states, sue Biden for revoking Keystone Pipeline XL permit. The power to regulate foreign and interstate commerce belongs to Congress, not the president. So, you know, he uh, put a stop, a halt, causing all kinds of American jobs. So list of states suing Biden over the Keystone Pipeline, Texas, Montana, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Kansas, Kentucky, Indiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. All those states need to join DeSantis in the uh, in the anti-lockdown movement. But let's take a listen to Ken Paxton from Texas, Attorney General. Today I'm announcing that Texas and Montana are leading a lawsuit against the Biden administration for once again failing the American people killing tens of thousands of high-paying jobs and making us more dependent on foreign energy by canceling the Keystone XL pipeline. This pipeline is one of the most significant, clean, and reliable energy projects in a generation. And yet, in an irrational effort to appease far-left environmental radicals, Biden violated the Constitution and killed it. Joe Biden must not be allowed to unilaterally hurt our country, damage the economy, increase the cost of everyday life, and break the law like this. I won't let it happen. Rest assured, the Democrats' far-left environmental agenda doesn't end with their attempt to sabotage Keystone. This is just the first battle of what will be a four-year war for me and allied states like Montana to keep our energy sector flourishing, ensure energy jobs are booming, and increase our country's energy independence. And so, Mr. President, I'm sure I'll be saying this many, many times in the coming years. But we'll see you in court. <laughs> that's cute, and that's right. That's that's where we're. Um, I I've heard it said, and it's true. Uh, we are going to uh, see the fight in courts quite a bit. Um. All right, so uh, we met. You know, um, there's another clip here that was uh, basically about uh, from Newsmax, Greg Kelly. Let's talk about the crisis at the border. Some heartbreaking scenes down there yeah. right now. And a lot of the migrants coming in saying they're coming in because you promised to make things better. It seems to be getting worse by the day. Was it a mistake not to anticipate this surge? Well, first of all, there was a surge the last two years in, in, in 19 and 20. There was a surge as well. This I'm, one might be worse. No, well, it could be. But here's the deal. First of all, it's Trump's fault. That's what he says all the time. Always, always the previous administration's fault. And George, by the way, oh, but, you know, some are saying, hey, very, very nice. No follow-ups, nothing serious on his part. Uh, and Joe got away with a lot. Hey, why should anything be different? He's been getting away with a lot for a very long time. First of all, the idea that Joe Biden said come, because I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm a nice guy and I won't do they're what Trump did. This. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. They're not. Uh, they are. And you've been saying come to the border for years. As soon as you get into power, 
please, migrants, come. It's our job as Americans for you to surge the border. He said it. He said it when he wanted that nomination so bad, and he had to prove how left and woke he was. 2019, go. What I would do as president is several more things, because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. Great. Great. Got his wish. Wish. It's one promise he kept. Huh? How about that? (sighs) More. You may remember when we had this unaccompanied children on the border when Barack was president, he called me back. I was in Turkey and said, you got to take care of this. And I was able to get a bipartisan bill passed for almost $800 billion to go to the root cause of why, why people are leaving. Why are they leaving El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras? Because they're in terrible circumstances, either because of natural disasters and hurricanes, gangs, or violence. Did you catch that? Did that really happen? Did Barack Obama call him in Turkey? You got to get back here right away. You got to pass a bill right away. I don't think it happened like that. And $800 billion to find out why they're leaving? We know why they're leaving, all right? We know about the challenges down there. What's really going on? What I did, I spent close to 100 hours with the leaders of those three countries and the UN, making sure that what we would do, for example, in one of the major cities down there, they said the crime rate's terrible. That's why people are leaving this particular city. But we have no street lighting. And the government said, give us the money. Put the-. I said, I'm not going to give you the money, but I'll tell you what, show me what you need. I'll get contractors down there. We'll put in the street lights for you because a lot of corruption down there. And guess what? Violence came down. Ah, contracts will get you the contractors he will because corruption is high down there corruption is everywhere mr biden everywhere that is very revealing all right some domestic democrat issues came up about uh oh they asked him about andrew cuomo the governor of new york what should he do next so let me ask you about Governor Cuomo of New York. I know you said you want the investigation to continue. If the investigation confirms the claims of the women, should he resign? Yes, I think he'd probably end up being prosecuted, too. Wow. Now, they had to have about 16, at least, different meetings about what Joe Biden was going to say to that question, because he never went that far before. He's got his own issues on that matter. And after he talked about it, I have the sense that the Joe Biden press people got on the phone with GMA and they made a little accommodation. They talked about the Cuomo situation for a while. Listen carefully to this portion. I start with the presumption. It takes a lot of courage for women to come forward. Some are not, anyway, it takes a lot of courage to come forward. So the presumption is it should be taken seriously. Some are not, anyway, they have to be taken seriously. Did you catch that? He caught himself. He stopped. Joe has been accused. He stopped. He stopped himself. All right. Now, that's one version you can find of this interview on the website. What actually aired on television when millions were watching, a little bit different. I started with the presumption. It takes a lot of courage for a woman to come forward. So the presumption is it should be taken seriously and it should be investigated. And that's what's underway now. You see what happened? They took out that part. Some of these women, where he caught himself, that's gone. That was an edit. That was an edit designed to 
Help Joe Biden. And it kind of makes sense because, well, Joe Biden is being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos, press secretary to Bill Clinton way back in the early 1990s. Uh, it also makes sense why they sat down with George Stephanopoulos because someone's got to spin these numbers. There was an all-out crisis on the border, and it's far worse than anything that happened under Donald Trump. He was working to fix it. Joe Biden, as we all heard, inviting migrants to show up at the border and demand asylum. He's been doing it for years. All right. Still more fallout from... You know, today we talked about the moving of populations. I think that that's what's in play with regard to open borders and to exploit poor people. And they may say, just like a pedophile says, I want to help help uh, preteens get a second chance. Uh, they're homeless or, or foster or orphans or all these adoptions. All these different organizations, you'll find that's where that, they, they attract the pedophilia market. And so what they say they're trying to do is help. They're actually exploiting and hurting. And the Democrats have done a lot of that. Just like um, in Hollywood, they are constantly going up at the Oscars saying one thing, but they're so guilty of these things that that most Americans would never even dream of being taking part in. Uh, I remember I got into this media business, and I kept hearing about pedophilia and, and, and all this stuff, and I'm like, I've never seen a, a hair of it. Like, I've never seen anything of, of the sort. And, um, you know, I just thought it was a little bit of a myth. And then I started reading more and learning more and realized it's actually pretty big stuff. I just heard about Native American Indians being um, kidnapped a lot. And then I was told by someone recently that um, it's because of the blood type and some sort of adrenochrome market. So I don't know. But in any case, um, we've been doing a lot of work with our nonprofit. We have an event scheduled now uh, for religious freedom. We're going to have speakers on a Zoom event. Uh, but be sure to check out buglecall.org for the latest event schedule. And we have polls and we have other things that are going on with these entities. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out megapack.org. And if you can, make a donation. We're doing great work over there. We've assembled a great board, and we're going to fight to take our country back. And with that, I'll say goodbye. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. See you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.